Welcome to Gospel Truth with Andrew Womack, a teaching ministry that focuses on God's unconditional love and grace. You don't need God to give you something. You need to draw out what God has already put on the inside of you. We're asking God for more when the truth is you've already got it. You don't need more. What you need is revelation of what you've already got. And now, here's Andrew. Welcome to our Wednesday's broadcast of the Gospel Truth. Today, I'm continuing to teach on You've Already Got It. I tell you, this is a powerful, powerful teaching. We have a lot of fun with this when people call in to request these materials because they'll call in and they'll say, I want that teaching that Andrew's talking about. And the prayer minister will say, You've Already Got It. They'll say, I do. And they'll say, no, but we'll send it to you. And they'll say, but you said I already have it. That's the title of this book and of this teaching. And basically what I'm doing is just sharing that everything that you need from God is not somehow or another in heaven and you have to beg or plead or ask for God to release it unto you. No, it's already in you. When you get born again, if you have made Jesus the Lord of your life, Jesus came in and you are a completely brand new person on the inside and everything that Jesus is and has is already in you. It's already done. It's not a matter of getting something from God. It's a matter of believing, understanding, believing what God says you have and then learning how to release it. Take your authority and commanding the blessing that God has already placed on you to come to pass. Man, that is powerful. And I spent two and a half weeks making that point. Then I started teaching in the middle of last week about the reason people struggle with this is because they think that all there is to reality is just this physical world. But the Bible teaches that there's also a spiritual world. John 4, 24 says, God is a spirit and those who worship Him must worship Him in spirit and in truth. God is a spirit. There is a spiritual world out there and in you. There is more to you than just your physical body and your mental and emotional part of you. There is a spiritual being that you can't feel, you can't see it, you can't touch it. You have to take what the Word of God says and believe it and begin to start acting on who you are in Christ, your true identity in Christ, and not what you feel, not what you see, not what you hear. So I've been talking about this and I've used some examples. The last couple of days, I've been using Daniel as an example of this, that he prayed a prayer in the ninth chapter of Daniel and in three minutes' time, while he was still praying, the angel Gabriel showed up and answered his prayer. But that same man in the 10th chapter, he prayed a prayer, and it took three weeks this time before the messenger showed up. And people will just automatically, when they see these differences, when they see that sometimes, man, it only took three minutes to get a miraculous answer from God, the next time it takes three weeks, they will just say, why did God answer one prayer in three minutes and the other prayer in three weeks? And the answer to that is God didn't answer one prayer in three minutes and the other prayer in three weeks. In Daniel chapter 9 and in verse 23, it says, at the beginning of thy supplications, the commandment came forth. So God answered Daniel's prayer in the ninth chapter instantly. It just took three minutes for what God had done to come into physical manifestation that Daniel could perceive it. 
In the 10th chapter, the messenger told him, says, Daniel, from the first day that you did set your heart to understand and to chasten thyself before thy God, thy words were heard, and I am come from thy words. So God was the same in both instances. God is always faithful. God never, ever, ever fails to answer a prayer that is based on the truth of what He has provided for us. He never is inconsistent. God never heals one and doesn't heal another. But there are some people that receive the healing and others that don't. The variable is always us or the devil or people. There's a lot of things. I'm going to be explaining more about that. But it's never God. God answered both of these prayers instantly, but one took three minutes to manifest. The other one took three weeks. Why was it that it took three weeks in the 10th chapter. The messenger goes on to say, but the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me one in 20 days. This is talking about a demonic power. There was a demonic opposition. So how did Satan do this? Well, the scripture doesn't fully explain this, but let me just point out some things that people, these are wrong conceptions. You know, faith is based on knowledge. That's basically what 2 Peter chapter 1 Verses 3 and 4 is saying that everything that pertains unto life and godliness comes through the knowledge of Him that has called us to glory and virtue. And then that verse 4 says that knowledge has given us the Word of God. So faith is certainly one of those things that pertains unto life and godliness, and it is based on knowledge. That's the reason the Bible says in Romans 10, 17, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. If you have a faith problem, you've got a knowledge problem. And here's some wrong knowledge, some wrong information that we've been fed that I believe hinders us. And that is that most people actually put more faith in the devil and his faithfulness than they do in God. Now, I know at first people say, oh, not so. And yet I really I deal with a lot of people and I, I know that that's true. There's a lot of people that believe they could do everything right. They can do, and I've had people come to me and say, I've done this and this and this and this and this, and I've done all of these things, and God hasn't come through. They don't believe that God is faithful, but they believe if they make the slightest mistake, if they do anything wrong, Satan is going to take that, and they have 100% faith that Satan will fight against them if they give him an opportunity at all. So another way of saying that is they believe in Satan's faithfulness more than they believe in God's faithfulness. That's wrong. God is 100% faithful. Regardless of what it looks like, there is an explanation. We may not get it in this life, but when we stand before the Lord, I guarantee you we're going to see that God is faithful. No promise of God has ever been broken. God is 100% faithful. But the devil, he misses it often. And I believe that we give the devil way too much credit, especially Christians. They just, they really are fearful of the devil. They believe that Satan is this ominous, overpowering force when the truth is Satan is a defeated foe and Satan misses it often. I think sometimes people get prayers answered just because the devil didn't think you were a, a threat. He had, he was over somewhere else fighting these battles. You know, let me present this to you. And again, this is just, uh, the scripture doesn't fully explain all of these things. I'm taking a few liberties here, but I think you can see what I'm talking about. In the ninth chapter, when Daniel got his manifestation to his answer to prayer in three minutes, it's very possible 
that the devil was just out licking his wounds someplace. He was over in a corner sulking. This is the devil's personality. When you see those kind of things in people, it's because the devil, he's reproducing himself. The devil is a, a, a you know, a, a messed up person. He is uh, an ogre. He, ha he is depressed. He's discouraged. Anything that you see in people, these things originated with the devil. And it's very possible that the devil was just out sucking his thumb someplace, licking his wounds, and he didn't realize what was at stake when Daniel prayed his prayer in the ninth chapter. And so it got past the devil, past his demons with zero opposition, and it only took three minutes to manifest. But after Daniel experienced such an awesome answer to prayer, and I'm not going to teach on this, but in the last part of the ninth chapter, this gave the exact time that the Messiah would appear on the earth. It put it down to the exact time when Jesus would appear. This was a major prophecy. It was, it was a major thing in the appearing of Jesus coming on this earth. And after the devil saw what happened in the ninth, chair, ninth chapter in response to Daniel's prayer, I believe that he assigned some demonic powers to him in the 10th chapter to hinder and to slow down this answer to prayer. He can't just stop God, but he can slow down the things that God is wanting to do through his resistance. And if, say, if Dan Daniel had gotten weary and have thought, well, what's the use? It's nearly three weeks and I haven't seen an answer yet. And if he would have quit and turned off his faith, it would have stopped what God wanted to do. So Satan was the obstacle. He was the difference in the 10th chapter. And I believe it was because he just let the prayer in the ninth chapter go. He was busy doing something else. Or here's another way to look at it. You know, from what we understand in Scripture, I have read the Scripture cover to cover many, many times, and I cannot understand any... There is no indication in Scripture that demons procreate, that they have baby demons. The point that I'm making is the number of demons looks to be a static number. So either back in Adam and Eve's time, there was a multitude of demons for the two people that were on the planet, or if demons don't reproduce, there's a shortage of demons now. We now have 7 billion plus people on the planet and it's very possible that there is not a demon to go around to every person. You'll hear people often say, the devil told me this, the devil said this. They, they act like Satan is omnipresent. He's not. He's not like God. Satan can only be in one place at one time, and his demons can only be in one place at one time. And it is possible that there's a shortage of demons and that sometimes prayers get answered with zero resistance just because he doesn't have the personnel. He doesn't have the demons to be able to handle it. <laughs> I don't know that to be true, but you can't disprove it. I can't prove it. But I can say this, that Satan is not consistent. He's not stupid, but any person who will fight against God's not real smart. And Satan just makes mistakes. He does things wrong. His demons don't always do everything right. Sometimes our prayers get answered with zero resistance just because of whatever reason Satan wasn't able to marshal any resistance against it. 
against it. But then there's other times that Satan does assign a demonic messenger like this prince of Persia to hinder Daniel's prayers. And I believe, in a sense, the more you are seeing the manifestation of the power of God, the, the stronger you are in your faith, you could actually have more demons assigned to hinder you than people who aren't doing anything because Satan, he's not threatened by people who aren't believers and aren't doing things. In a way, this is a backhanded compliment when you pray and you know that you're praying for something that God wills to come to pass, you know that you're praying in faith and yet you don't see it come to pass. It could be a compliment that the devil sees you as such a threat that he has just put some demonic opposition in your path. Now, again, I'm not saying that we should tolerate that, and I, I don't know if I'll get to it today. I'm going to explain this about how you can deal with that. But in a way, it, it's not always something you've done wrong that hinders the manifestation of your answer to prayer. It could be because you're doing things right. In this situation, there was nothing that Daniel was doing wrong. This was just a demonic opposition against Daniel, and Daniel had to just pray through this thing. Now, let me point out some other things, too, that Daniel was an Old Testament man, and there is no scripture that shows that, that Old Testament people had authority over the devil. They didn't have the same rights and authority. They weren't born again. Jesus didn't give them power over demons to cast them out. So even if Daniel had known what was going on while he was praying and fasting for these 21 days, and if he had known that there was a prince of Persia that was withstanding his answer to prayer, he couldn't have done anything about it. He didn't have the authority to do it. But we're different. Today in the New Covenant, if we know that the devil is hindering our prayer, we can stop that. We have authority that Daniel didn't have. You know, here's what Daniel could have done had he been a New Testament believer. If he had understood the things that we now have access to, Daniel could have prayed in the 10th chapter. And after he went three minutes and he said, well, you know, in last time I got my prayer manifest in three minutes. Father, I know that you're faithful. I know that you are never the variable. It says in Malachi that I am the Lord. I change not. God wasn't the problem. So he could have said, Father, I know that you are faithful and that you've answered my prayer. Just like this messenger Gabriel told me that you answered my prayer at the beginning of my supplication. It took three minutes for it to manifest, but you answered instantly. Since you're the same yesterday, today, and forever, I know that you have already answered my prayer, but I haven't seen it yet. I haven't gotten any revelation yet. And so it must be the devil that is hindering. And if he would have started praying and saying, God, what is hindering this prayer? And if God had shown him that it was the prince of Persia that was hindering his prayer, and if he was a New Testament believer with authority over the devil, then he could have rebuked that demon and he could have stopped the opposition and he could have got his prayer through in say one day or two days or three days instead of 21 days. But Daniel was an Old Testament saint. He didn't have that authority. All he could do was just stand and believe and not turn off his faith, not quit believing. And this is great credit to Daniel that even, even if, if uh, God had shown Daniel what the problem was, he couldn't have done anything about it because he didn't have the authority. So all Daniel could do was just hold on 
and say, Father, I know you're answering my prayer, even though it's been 21 days and I hadn't seen you. I know you're faithful. And he just kept his faith switched on. And in a sense, what he did was just outlast the devil. Did you know the devil is not limitless? The devil can't just fight you forever. Over in uh, 1 John chapter 2, it says, All that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of God, but it's of this world. It put everything that we are fighting against into these three categories, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. It just so happens that Jesus was tempted with three temptations, Luke chapter 4 and in Matthew chapter 4. And I believe that Satan doesn't have a limitless bag of tricks. It says that when Satan came to tempt Jesus, it says when he had ended all of the temptation. And if you study that out in the Greek language that the New Testament was translated from, it, it basically is saying that he threw everything he had at Jesus. Three temptations, Jesus withstood them, and he left for a season. Satan doesn't have a limitless bag of tricks. He really just has these few minor things and he just puts it in a different package, a different wrapper, a different bow on it. But it says in 1 Corinthians uh, 10, 13, that there is no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that you are able, but will with the temptation make a way to escape that you may be able to bear it. That is saying that Satan doesn't have a limitless supply of temptation and, and things that he can fight you with. He just has a certain things. And so he will come and try and hinder your manifestation of what God has done and what God has wanted to do in your life. And if you just stand and don't quit believing after a certain period of time, he's thrown everything he's got at you and you win by default. It's like if he can't knock you out, then you're the automatic winner. And in a sense, this is what Daniel did. Daniel didn't have authority to rebuke the devil, so he just stood and stood and stood. And after 21 days, the devil just ran out of things to do, and Daniel received the physical manifestation to his answer to prayer. And you know what? That was okay for Daniel because he was an Old Testament saint. But we have more benefits under the New Covenant than Daniel did. Today... When we are praying, and if we don't see the manifestation of what we are doing, since we aren't waiting on God to respond to us, God has already provided everything, and you've already got it. What you are doing is taking your authority and just making what Jesus has already produced come into manifestation. Then you can do things that Daniel couldn't do. You can pray and say, Father, I know your word says, 1 John chapter 5, verse 14, that this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, we know that he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, then whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we desired of him. If you ask, you receive. If you seek, you find. If you knock, it shall be opened unto you. Everyone that asks, receives. Everyone that seeks, finds. Everyone that knocks it shall be open. So you could pray like that and say, Father, I know that you have answered my prayer, but I haven't seen it yet. I still got the pain. I still don't have the money. I still, you know, whatever the situation is. And so, Father, you aren't my problem. Is there something I'm doing that's wrong? That's always an option. And if you don't have anything that you are doing that is empowering the devil, then is it just a demonic attack? It could be because you are so powerful 
and because you are seeing things happen that Satan has just marshaled an attack against you the way that he did Daniel. And if you perceive that, and if you feel like that God is showing you, yes, it's just a demonic attack, you can take your authority as a believer and you can rebuke that thing and remove the hindrance and you can shorten that period of time. A New Testament believer doesn't have to go 21 days. They could begin to start recognizing the very first day that, hey, this is not the way that God said He would answer my prayers. Where's the hindrance? And if you find out it's the devil, you start praying and believing, rebuke it, and you see that hindrance removed and you see the answer to your prayers come to pass. So in the New Testament, I believe that we as believers control to a very large degree. Now, there are some exceptions, especially when you're dealing with other people. God is not going to use people against their will. When another person is involved in the answer to your prayer, uh, you have to be patient. God is not going to just steamroll and make people do things against their will. But to a very large degree, New Testament believers can shorten the period of time in between when they say, Amen, and there it is. To a very real degree, we control how quickly our answers to prayer come to pass. But sad to say, because most Christians don't understand the things we're talking about, they're praying just like Daniel, an Old Testament saint, and they just grab hold of something and they say, I believe that I receive. And if they don't see an immediate manifestation, if there was a demonic opposition to it, many of those people would get discouraged and they'd quit believing and that would stop the flow of God's power and they might never see the manifestation. If they're a strong believer and they just hold on, but they don't take their authority, they don't realize it's a demonic opposition and they just hold on, well, then after a period of time, they'll win by default. If they stand through all of Satan's temptation and delays, well, then you can win, you know, over a period of time. And there is no bad way to be healed. There is no bad way to be prospered. But there are some ways that are better than others. And as New Testament saints, we can take these exact principles we see right here and we can apply them to our life and we can see the healing power of God, the delivering power of God, the prospering power of God, the joy and peace, etc. We can see it come to pass quicker if we would just take these truths right here and recognize that God is a spirit God moves in the spirit realm. When he answers your prayer, he releases the, the spirit realm. He releases his power into the spirit realm. And whether it ever manifests itself in the physical or not is not dependent upon whether God answered your prayer. It's dependent on whether you can provide that bridge of faith for the spiritual realm, the things that are reality in the spirit to come over into the physical realm. Man, that's a mouthful what I've said. This has changed my life. And I have seen so many great miracles happen because of these truths that we're talking about. Welcome to the AWM Minute. A quick glance at how your partnership with Andrew Womack Ministries and Karis Bible College is changing the world in so many different ways. Your support is producing a harvest in countless lives through Andrew's television program, which has the potential to reach 3.2 billion people around the globe. Your partnership also enables us to provide free materials and prayer through our call center and at Andrew's worldwide events. And finally, because of your support, students at Karis Bible College are being equipped to take the message of God's love and grace deeper and farther than ever before. 
And this harvest we are seeing today is a direct result of what you, our partners, have sown into Andrew Womack Ministries. If you want to be a part in sowing seeds of God's Word around the world, visit awmi.net and sign up to become a Grace Partner today. My favorite teaching for real is you, are, you already got it. I got it. I got everything. God's mercy, God's miracles, God's healing, God's spirit in my life. It's already done and you've already had that healing and you already have all that. It's just an awesome thing to watch. Watch God do what He does when someone will believe Him. Andrew's complete teaching titled, You've Already Got It, is available in a CD or DVD album made from our daily television broadcast. It's also available in a book and study guide in English or Spanish. Each of these products is available for a gift of any amount. Or you can get them in the You've Already Got It package. This package includes the book, the study guide, and your choice of either the CD or DVD album. This package has a catalog value of $90, but you can get it today for only $60. We want to say a special thank you to the Grace Partners of Andrew Womack Ministries. Your gifts make it possible to put free ministry materials into the hands of many people in need. If you're not already a Grace Partner, we ask you to pray about becoming one today. You can become a Grace Partner or order resources through our website at awmi.net. While there, you can discover more product details and download additional free resources. Our helpline is closed today to allow our employees to celebrate the New Year's holiday. But you can always visit our website where you can order ministry materials online 24 hours a day, seven days a week at awmi.net. On our website, you'll not only find materials from today's broadcast, you'll also find a wealth of ministry resources available to you. If you prefer, you can order materials by writing us. Use the address on your screen. we'd like to point out Andrew's upcoming speaking schedule. Mark your calendars to come meet Andrew at one of these events and let the Word of God transform your life. In the month of January, start off the year by joining Andrew in Glendale, Arizona for the Phoenix Gospel Truth Conference. Pastor Jerome Fernando will be joining Andrew as a guest speaker at this event. Next in January, Andrew will be speaking in Sherman, Texas and in Durant, Oklahoma. And in February, Andrew will be speaking in Port St. Lucie, Florida. Then he'll be in Orlando, Florida for a Gospel Truth Conference with guest speaker Greg Fritz. For more details on Andrew's next meeting in your area, visit our website at awmi.net. Man, before I came to Karis, I was so broken. I dealt a lot with anxiety and depression. I didn't really realize I could have an actual relationship with God. When I came here, I started to see God like, you know, He just wants to have a relationship with me. It totally transformed the way I look at God. God longs to have fellowship with you. This is where faith comes from. It's not just head knowledge, Bible school knowledge, it's revelation knowledge that changes you just been set free from a lot of the bondage I was in. I haven't been depressed in so long. Pretty awesome having that just weight lifted and putting on Jesus' yoke. You come here and you meet God personally, and then He gives you a whole new direction. This is a time, this is a season of your life that God's wanting to show you who you really are and what He's wanting to do in your life. 
If you have a desire for Bible college, God's the one that put it there. If you're considering coming to Karis, I just want to say it's going to be one of the best decisions you've made in your life. Bring Karis with you wherever you go with our new Karis app. Free to download, the Karis app allows you to easily access everything Karis Bible College has to offer in one place. Receive exclusive Grace content and explore unique Karis features. Watch or listen to archived resources and teachings. Follow along with the Bible reading plan or listen to the audio Bible. The Karis app brings everything in one place. Download your app today.